0: hey guys welcome to anecdotes with marion it is i'm marion alexis your host for this podcast and i am back this is episode three and i'm currently enjoying my iced coffee and it's already five in the afternoon what have you guys been up to i hope you're all safe so anyways i looked at my analytics here on anchor.fm and it's super cool because i'm able to see the places ages and gender of my listeners even the platforms where you listen to but of course no names are shown so don't you worry i am just grateful that you guys are able to take a portion of your day just to listen to me talk And here we are, we are in episode 3, and I posted on my Instagram story that for this episode, I will be talking or sharing about something serious and really important, and that is about mental health. And as early as now, disclaimer guys, I am not a licensed therapist or a medical professional I am simply a person who has suffered or struggled with mental health and eventually dived into healing and self-help I will try to be as sensitive and responsible with everything I say regarding this topic and I hope I'll be able to choose the right words I'm also giving trigger warnings since I do not know who are listening. And I have also gathered questions that's related to the topic that I'll be sharing today. And another segment will be dedicated to spoken word poetry. Alright, let's begin. Okay, where do I begin? I'll try my best to share this with you guys, my own anecdote and my own experience. Like I mentioned on episode one, I was a wallflower growing up. I was also emotional and a very sensitive girl. There, There are times that I'm bubbly and cheerful, but I know to myself that I was very shy and awkward that I can only share my full potential or my full confidence with people I'm very close to or people I'm very familiar of. And of course, here comes my teenage years, a year wherein I have to blossom into a lady and I'm just thankful that I found the right circle of friends because they were a big help in boosting my self-esteem, my confidence, in, in just helping me seek who I want to be. Of course, aside from our parents, our teachers, and other guardians in my life present at that time. I have built a bond that gave me so many windows to explore the kind of person I want to be. We were so different, but it worked. Still does until now. It's weird that even though we all have different backgrounds and personalities, there, there, there are also things we shared commonly. We we all have the same values or we're all very passionate girls. That's why it clicked. And we ended up doing a lot of silly things, silly and crazy things, and eventually be- we became like sisters and like family. There were moments wherein we had some arguments and misunderstandings which is so normal considering we're all girls and we were still young and as i formed different kinds of relationships along the way it it helped me discover a lot of new parts of me but you know this is one of those fragile times experimental times wherein you still need more exploring and you don't really know much of who and what you want to be and I know that you guys heard the notion that there are battles inside of you that you need to handle and heartbreaks, you have to you have to overcome on your own that even though you are surrounded by a lot of people who cares about you and loves you 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 can still be taken aback of how empty and hopeless you can feel it was at that time that I really wasn't fully aware Of what was going on with me I was still ignorant and back then it was one of those discussions you can't open up unapologetically or shamelessly to anyone I didn't understand what I was going through and I just assumed I was a very sensitive and emotional kid who had so many bad thoughts and negative feelings locked up inside me. And to go back to that time, uh, I really don't want to share the full or exact details. Because even though this podcast is about being comfortable in talking and sharing, I hope you guys also leave me some privacy and understand or respect that And of course, that also applies to all the guests I'll be having here. So anyways, at the age of 16, I was diagnosed with major depression and later on situational depression and anxiety. I still remember those two dreadful weeks. The first day, I did not forget at all. I did not, because I did not enter my first period class because I was very (laughs) nauseous and everything was too blurry. I was shaking and felt like I couldn't be in the classroom. So instead, I went straight to our guidance counselor at that time and you know, I'm I'm really grateful for her even up to this day. I told her what happened and what was up with me and if she can help me identify what was going through and all these feelings and thoughts rushing through me, things I can't tell my parents or even my friends because I'm scared or like I said earlier, it's difficult to discuss it with them openly. And she did what she needed to do for me at that time and eventually helped me be open to my mom. She helped me talk to her and slowly to my friends. I also remember the look of confusion in some of my classmates when I was called to the guidance office. Even remember that some of them thought I was in big trouble or worse, I was pregnant. But you know... Um, I forgive them because they don't even know what was up with me and I think they barely even remember it now. So anyways, I, I just told myself uh, I don't care anymore because I know I know I needed help. So after I was able to talk to my mom and guidance counselor, my guidance counselor said or suggested that I see a psych or therapist. Of course, I obliged and I agreed to it and came to all my sessions. I was diagnosed right after my first session and few lab tests. I had to absorb what I needed to absorb to be healthy again. I remember taking all those antidepressants and drinking Pocari sweat for two months. That drink. <laughs> oh boy, I don't, I don't drink that because it reminds me of the taste of medicine. I was seriously so much worse than a zombie. Or I felt like I was a Ghost floating and I had absences in class and affected other things going on in school but gratefully I graduated with with the help of my friends and some teachers who were very considerate and maybe you know just thought that I was going through a rough patch And I appreciated it. I appreciated all the help I got at that time. And weeks went by and eventually there were happy moments. But all moments I still felt detached. Maybe because I was was still in the process of letting my mental illness sink in. Or... Maybe I had this guard up that if I was too happy I had to repay it. Am I just the only one who felt that? I don't know, that that feeling when every time or whenever you were too happy you're scared Nah, make up a lit that there's something in return, a payment for being too happy. I don't know if it's just me but yeah, it was. It was actually my anxiety speaking to me, and I was still in the process of understanding what was going through my head and why my mind is not healthy as I want it to be. Back then, it was. It was such a taboo, even up until now, to most people, but time really did change and thank goodness you know thank goodness for people who are working their asses off to give so much awareness about mental illness and to stop the stigma or misconception thank goodness to the people who are out there trying their best to give resources on how to educate kids young people and even adults Before, you were just straight up labeled as crazy, broken, weak, even lazy. Like having melancholy serenade you already makes you a lunatic. So, I was in that process two months after after my high school graduation, another crush-wrenching experience happened and that is losing my dad due to stroke and other complications. To cut this story a bit shorter, that plot twist did not help me at all. I was magnified to an even enormous black hole and I was ready to be sucked in. I was even more empty Worthless and felt really hopeless. My depression worsened because of my grief and my loss. I also developed anxieties, post traumatic stress disorder. There were moments I went to my therapist's clinic unannounced because my anxiety was so bad. So she gave me a free session. She suggested meds for it and she was just the best. She asked me one of the things that stuck with me and that is in one of our sessions. She asked if before all of this, what does Marianne love doing the most? What do I love doing the most? And so I told her, Writing. I love writing poems. And sometimes, singing. I sang my own words and gave it a tune, even though I don't know how to play any musical instrument. Aw, thank you so much. Yes, my house is near the airport, so... (laughs) hello there airplane (laughs) alright I can't silence that (laughs) anyway but yeah going back I sang my words and gave it a tune even though I don't know how to play any musical instrument and she gave me a grin told me that That would be her weekly assignment for me. How my day looks like, how it feels like, all in words. And she will read all of it and give her honest opinion and feedback. And so I did. I wrote and wrote and wrote. A lot of sleepless nights but journaling and writing poems I started to be imaginative again having the energy to to write a list of the things that I want to continue doing things I would love to try doing I started coming up with stories that has characters or you know a plot twist <laughs> that I can relate to. Writing made me breathe and eventually I stopped going to my therapist. Of course it wasn't at all easy. It sounds like it is or I don't mean make it sound like it's easy that when I wrote boom it became super okay no I don't mean that at all because because it's not and this battle can go off and then on again especially when it's accompanied by grief and anxiety it's the worst combination I also had to stop visiting because we had to move here to Luzon. My mother decided that we start anew and I knew that she and my brother were also going through the same level of hurt as me or maybe even worse. So we had to begin somewhere again and I agreed. So it was two years of big shifts and changes. Now that I'm an adult, going back and reminiscing all of this, and to he, and to even have the strength, and courage to share what I've been through is is such a great kind of growth for me and afterwards I wanted to really see my psych again who I called Tita Doc at that time because she was the one who insisted and told me that oh you should call me Tita Doc okay I want you to be really comfortable so yeah I called her Tita Doc and this is so lame of me. I forgot her real name because I got used to calling her that. But, you know, I still want to say thank you to her. And that I did go back to her clinic, but sadly she moved. And of course, there there were a lot of things happening. And just a lot of lost chances To see her again but I always hope that she's safe and that she helps more patients I considered her and our guidance counselor at that time like a fairy godmother who gave me a map and a flashlight because I was stuck in a maze or I was lost in a maze that was nine years ago, and I battled depression for five years. And three years ago, I felt more confident, more open, and so much better. Sometimes my anxieties would appear and mess up my plans and even self-sabotage here and there, but I would just tell myself and I keep telling myself that I survive the worst parts. And I feel that when it comes again or feel just slight resemblance of what I went through years ago, I am no longer that afraid to face and conquer it on my own. I worked so hard to be more educated on it because I experienced it. I'm also trying to be more kinder to myself and give love to myself. I know that yes, I should be my ba- best critic, but you know, if it's so easy for me to give love and kindness to other people, why can't I give that to myself? So that I can also be fair. To those who love me. I always tell myself this. That everything I experienced and went through. Are all interconnected. It formed me into the person I am now. And eventually a version version I can be patient with. A version I can understand even more. And a version... I can forgive, no matter how many times life or reality punches me in the freaking face. And if you guys read the book Paper Towns" by John Green, I love that book because somehow there were paragraphs wherein there were metaphors used in written, and written coinciding to what i f- to what I felt. It was about the strings. The grass and vessel. He was so good. John Green was so good at using metaphors and symbolisms in his books. Anyway, going back, I just wanted to share this snippet or anecdote with all of you so that you guys can understand why I am always so eager talking about mental health and why it matters to me and that's because I have been through it so when people in my life shares or tells me they're depressed I now know how I can be more gentle with them because I related to it because I know what it's like and to not shame them Or blame them that their mind being unhealthy is still valid and it can be cured as long as they allow others who knows more about it to help them a support group they can seek and that they need not be afraid to talk about it with me I also want to spread awareness and educate as much as I can just like the rest of the people who have suffered through depression and anxieties and other mental illness. And of course to, to also limit myself with what I say and really be responsible and careful because I'm no expert, I'm still no expert. But to just say that it, it exists it definitely exists and that it's not it's not just an emotion but an illness that depression has a lot of forms depression is a fact it's not a one-size fits all kind of struggle there are actually nine types um, okay let me see if I can memorize it, of course, the one that I was diagnosed with major depression and situational depression. There's postpartum depression, atypical depression, mm, PMDD, psychotic depression, seasonal, 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 seasonal affective disorder. There's bipolar that people also call manic depression there's the last one pdd or persistent depressive disorder so see there's a lot of forms like i said and it's all different with their own kinds of symptoms it it can be hidden through a passion hidden through humor and laughter Hidden through someone else or a trauma and even mistakes. People who have it wear it differently and carry it, they carry it in various kinds of vessels inside them. All right, so now that you guys have heard a backstory from me. I'll be answering questions related to depression, anxiety, and just mental health after this. I'll be right back. Let's continue and let's begin with question number one. It is from a friend. Brianna, thank you for this. It says, you seem very mature for your age and usually people are like that due to their childhood or past relationships struggles. So I guess my question is, what are the toughest experiences you've had that you think made you into the person you are now? So what I shared earlier answers to this question. It was my struggle with depression, my loss, maybe, yes, some past relationship heartbreaks or struggles and lastly of course me moving away from my hometown so these were the toughest experiences i've had and it gave me a lot of chances to work on the kind of person i want to be it molded me those experiences opened my eyes on how life death and reality can be and it made me even more emotionally mature. Of course I still have childish moments and act even look like one, but I can really say that emotionally, yes, I have grown. I have brought with me so many wisdom and lessons from the past. And I also have to say that, you know, just like everyone else, I am I am still a work in progress. And I'm still working on, you know, becoming the best versions of myself every day. Alright, so question number two is from an acquaintance. He asked... Do you think you would still be who you are today if you didn't lose anyone? I hmm, I honestly don't know. I might be a little different. Maybe I'd be less patient or less compassionate. Maybe if I didn't lose anyone, I'd be the kind of person who would just keep taking advantage of everyone in my life some people say we don't really recover from grief but you know it's important for all grieving people despite their loss and experiences to believe in the hope of healing and through healing yes maybe you'd say goodbye to the old you but at the same time you will also discover a lot of new versions of yourself that you'll be grateful for. No one deserves or should expect to live to live with the anguish associated with grief for the rest of their lives to to not be defined or consumed by it. Grief comes in all forms too and it will definitely change a person but i also believe that grief encompasses more than just pain that in time it will make you stronger that in time it can also give you warmth and comfort especially when you look back on the memories i am who i am mostly because of every hard experiences or struggles that I've been through, without it, I won't be this way. I won't be exactly who I am today. But even if I didn't lose anyone, I feel like, no, I'm sure, I'll still embrace and accept and love the kind of woman I'll turn out to be. And we have question three. It is from one of my best friends, Carol, and it says, mm. "How do you cope with anxiety?" <laughs> Just it looks or it sounds like a simple question, but to me, this this was the hardest to answer. Okay, so recently, I think that was last Saturday night? Yeah, it was Saturday night. I experienced another bad anxiety attack because I was mad, upset, and clouded with bad and negative thoughts due to things out of my hands or out of control. I was shaking and crying and felt my heart palpitating, my head was aching really bad, and I I was trying my best to catch my breath. When, When it happened, I curled up and hugged myself like a fetus position in a mother's womb. I don't know if you guys have watched that. K-drama It's okay not to be okay when the male lead taught the female lead the butterfly hug. I love that scene because I can I can relate because I would also find a position that gives me comfort. So I guess so I guess that's one how I cope. To find a position that's comfortable. A position that can call me or ease what you're feeling and next would be through journaling and writing down a list of what to do i got much better at handling or coping with my anxieties because of because of it and it was so much worse before so i would list down that I need to drink a lot of water because water helps me in a lot of ways. Sometimes. Um, I also need to take a shower and play a song. And my recent anxiety attack the next day, I danced in the rain. so you know these things, little things that that I already know. What to do, and it's also bad when it happens outside. I remember my anxiety attack back in first year college, it was in bio class because I heard something that triggered me. It was a heartbeat and a flatline audio that the teacher had to play for our class and I couldn't take it you know the sound of the heartbeat and then flat line I don't know I don't know if I was able to to ask for excuse I just remembered going out of the classroom and went straight to the comfort room to wash my face and yeah another thing was making a chart like i said making a chart listing all the things that triggers me like ambulance sound yeah before it really triggered me um what else simply passing by a hospital or that feeling of having no control or assurance and after writing what triggers me and when I can already distinguish, or I had already distinguished and identified those things, the next thing I would write down would be what can help me. Like what I mentioned earlier, to drink lots of water, you know, dance in the rain if, if it's raining, to take a shower, play a song, drink some tea or coffee to soothe and relax me. So yeah, I I would write those things like a guideline. The ones you read in case of an emergency and write whatever can help me prevent it or things that can calm it down. And by doing these over the past years, you know, the triggers became less and less and how I cope with my anxieties became better. And I also hope I also hope that for everyone who's going through it and those who have it, that they too can find ways that are helpful and ways that can really work. For them. When their anxieties get bad. And we have the next one. Which is also from my best friend. Nathalie this time. (laughs) Hi Nats. Thank you for this question. Okay. It says. How did you cope with the big changes. That happened in your life. Like losing Tito. My dad. Okay. And. Moving away, okay, so how did I cope with all of those things? Maybe the biggest help would have to be my mom and my brother it was it was us against the world. We were totally back to zero when we moved here in Lausanne, and I managed to cope with everything because because of them and Because I was willing to get through it with them, even though, you know, we were we were all struggling. Our we were all not struggle. We were all battling with our own hurt, our own pain. Knowing that we're all grieving made me even more selfless. It shifted my perspective as well it made me want to help myself get better for them i was able to cope because another way (laughs) i was able to cope because of old and new friends for old friends you know ldr friends i'm thankful that social media boomed right that year 2012 yeah (laughs) I I remember Yahoo Messenger and Friendster existed, oh my gosh. But Facebook, man, Facebook just really made it a lot easier to communicate and send updates and pictures. We would also video call, remember, Fati? We would video call because we both can relate to each other at that time. Um, Natalie moved to New York with her family, and I moved to subic or alongable with my fam as well so we both can somehow relate to to this big shift and what else also with new friends um i i met new friends and <laughs> i became more flexible and exposed to a lot of things Went to parties, went to the beach, and yeah, I became really more open. I found new versions of me, wild, spontaneous, bold, (laughs) what else, loud, fun. I learned from my mistakes and messy situations too, so that totally helped, and Maybe the last major thing that helped me cope with the big changes or me being open to live with it was when I went back to Bacolod to study again and lived with my relatives. It gave me the closure I needed for a place I already outgrew. A place I called home, a place I've known half my life. I had grew it, but of course, I can always come back to it, and that was a big part of my healing that when I made that when I went back, I made sure I am no longer afraid of the ghosts of my past then twenty sixteen I moved back again to Lausanne to be with my mom and brother. And my healing continued. So yeah, those are the things that I did to cope with what happened. And we have the last two questions that are similar. One from my best friend, Ina, and the other one from my cousin. Okay, question six from Ina says, "Pano ka Sang mga sad feelings mo or depression. And ano ginihimo mo para ma survive and help self mo. Ano pwede mga give na advice sa mga tao na mga tauanaga seek or go through same situation or circumstance sa na mo. And question 7 from my cousin: It says, Have you ever been depressed, stressed, lonely, or super down natao? the monogit kaya, which made you want to end it all. If yes, how did you overcome it? If no, what's your advice to those who are? Okay, so they're both asking. Like I said, it's both similar. They're both asking what advice I can give to people who are going through depression or going through something that I've experienced and. How did I overcome it? Alright, so I think I already gave answers on how I coped and how I was offered help from what I shared earlier. So I guess I'll just give my advice. More advice. (laughs) I honestly Okay, number one, I honestly don't know how I would have survived it if it was just me. Okay, even if even if it was a personal battle, you also need to help. You also need help from others. So if you're going through it now, it's important that you seek for a support system. I know that it's harder when you are surrounded by people who don't believe in depression or people. Who would see you differently or even change the way they see you when you tell them about your mental health. People who would immediately pity you because they think you're a lost cause. So it's important. It's important that you at least find a small circle or even just one person who can understand and be your source of hope. And you know someone who can guide you as well and be the voice of reason but i'm also saying that you can't totally and fully depend everything or what you're going through to somebody else because we cannot okay we cannot expect or force others to make it their obligation or their responsibility to fix us especially if they're not therapists so help help can come in all forms and when it is presented to you i hope that you have or you give it a chance that you allow yourself to heal because it's also hard for people in your lives Yeah, it's hard for people in your lives to reach out when you block them and not give them a chance to be your support. And what else? Mm, It can also be your faith, your belief, or it can be your passion. Healing is not limited to those who really want to attain it. Find that one thing. You can still hold on to and guard it because if you have that one thing you can always come back to it and it can remind you why I'm still holding on to it what makes me want to hold on to it so it gives you a reason also make sure you move on your own timeline in terms of healing. Healing isn't linear. There's a lot of ups and downs. It's not just one way. There's a lot of paths you have to go through. And there's power in acknowledging your struggles, your pain, your mental health. There's power in wanting to dive back into self-help And to finally stop pitying yourself and to stop sabotaging yourself there's power in that and you know seeking resources that by seeking resources to fix yourself means strength and courage and not the other way around don't let anyone talk you down from that and believe and believe people who are saying it's all in your head or any other toxic positivity shit out there that's been said so yeah these are some of the ways to overcome it this is how i overcame it by seeking the right support system receiving the proper treatment and not rushing with shortcuts just to be okay again so that's all the questions thank you for all of these i'm truly moved and i hope that i somehow gave something educational and something encouraging there's more questions i need to answer but i want to reserve those in other episodes like i said um, (laughs) there's about 50 questions that i've gathered so i'll just wait i'll just wait for the right time to answer all of it (laughs) the sound of falling, the feeling of hitting on the surface, sometimes in the form of a storm, harsh, tempestuous, aggressive, sometimes accompanied by a rainbow, calm, soft, melodious, always persistent, meant to fall under gravity. It comes invariably wind-driven, warm on an early morning. It comes brisk and continual, eventually steady on an afternoon. And of course, times when it comes heavy, mizley cold and dreary on an evening. She fixates on wanting to go to the sea while trapped in the city. She forgets. She forgets all the time. So she doubts, and she questions everything again as she's clouded with things out of her control. She loses her energy, her drive, her passion, her motivation, and her love. What else did she forget, she thought? Rain poured, it's the afternoon. She looked through her windowsill. I love the rain, she mumbled, and then got up. She went out and finally drenched, soaked, wearing her sleepwear, and she can smell her new plants and hear the comforting sound of rainwater falling. Yes, she forgot this, so she reaches out her arms and started dancing. She danced, she sang, she screamed, she cried and she prayed, as she regained her hope, her love, her energy, and faith in herself. She will remain resilient all the forms she has in her, just like how the rain falls, the resemblance of how it would usually make her feel when she is out of words, and she will always, always help herself be what she needs. Whether she falls and hits the ground or gets stuck in a puddle, she can never forget how she can go back to the cycle she's meant to purposely take, no matter how much she is misunderstood and loved at the same time. I hope that poetry gave you guys even just a glimmer of hope. I wrote that days ago, after experiencing another anxiety attack, I initially planned to read two, but the other one's too long, so maybe I'll do that on another episode. And before I end this, I want to give a huge thanks to my reader that turned and became My internet sister, Sandy, I know that you're listening. Thank you so much, dear, for doing this collaboration with me. As you guys can see, I have a new cover for the podcast and she is the artist behind it. An art for an art, isn't it? Amazing. So you guys will know more about her on the next episode as she is my guest. I met her way back on my Aspiring Novelist days on a writing community and I'm really excited to talk to her for the very first time because we only communicated through social media and I'm glad that she accepted my invite and Anchor FM is making the collab possible. So that's it for me. Until next time, bye!